This is the best of, and this came in a series, uh, actually 9-28-08, so it was a little less than a year ago that we were in this series on uh, wisdom, which I took from the book of Proverbs. And we had like four messages, I think, from the book of Proverbs. This was roughly, this was the first message. Now, I've changed some things around, obviously. And there's the, there's, if you were there, uh, you might recognize a couple of things. But other than the, other than the Scripture verses, which is really the, the, the anchor, as I hope is always the case with messages that I, that I present, uh, the anchor really is the passage, the, 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 the biblical passage. So, so we... Uh, want to deal with that. By the way, I know uh, many comments already have been made about my shirt and Beth's uh, dress and several other people with the same color in the earlier service and somebody here. And I'll just tell you this, we, it, it all comes because we're all on this Mensa newsletter uh, that we get every, every, month, every week and this was recommended. for. Maybe you, did, oh, maybe you don't get that newsletter. Okay, N- anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyway, just joking there. Um, by the way, is it inappropriate? I just is it inappropriate to? Um, I just saw a guy who was here in the last service. I was downstairs on the sidewalk, and 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 he was sitting right right in there actually, and so I could see him very well. I can see you very well, and uh, and it was just inappropriate because everybody around went oh. I walked up to him and I said, "Did you have a good nap?" Is that bad? <laughs> is, is that inappropriate? <laughs> anyway. Well, I heard everything you said. I said, yeah, okay, let's go. Anyway, uh, we're having some fun. Um, I want to talk about stress. And if nothing else, and I hope there's more than this, if nothing else, I hope that you're going to come out of this um, between, and if you were here last year especially when I talked about this passage, I hope you will come out of this like I have for over 30 years. I, I feel like I'm dealing with an old friend today. And the old friend is, is Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses um, 5 through 10. It, it's just, I've been there so, I mean, I, I, I don't know how many times I've read Proverbs 3. Um, and, and particularly, there's just this one passage. Um, I know, like, it, it's been, have I done it every week uh, in the last uh, 35 years uh, or more that I've been a follower of Christ? No, but I'm sure I've averaged once a week. Because sometimes I'll go there two or three times a day. It's like an old friend that you go to for comfort and you know what they're going to say, but you need to hear it said again. And, and that's how I look at, at many passages of Scripture, but especially this one. And uh, it, it can come at a, just the right time for, for many of you. And if it's, if it's not something you're learning for the first time today, I trust this will be a very good reminder for you, like it always is for me. So I want to I begin, though, with this whole thing on stress and just address that if I can. A um, couple, of, couple of interesting quotes, one from uh, some, uh, some folks who make movies and so forth. Uh, and I love, <laughs> I love the way this is stated. Reality is the leading cause of stress amongst those in touch with it. Um, I think there's just so much truth to that. It just rung so true in my, my mind. And then uh, one, um, one psychologist uh, or a psychology writer um, whose name I will not attempt to pronounce, put it this way, it is how people respond to stress that determines whether they will profit from misfortune or be miserable. And, and that is so very true because you see people who have not responded the right way to the stresses of life and they're miserable. Let me restate that. They're freaking miserable wretches. And, and, and they're miserable to be around. 
because they haven't responded rightly. By God's grace and by God's power, I want you to learn that or be reminded of that, and it certainly serves as a reminder to me. Trust me on that. So here we go. I had this, I wanted to do something a little different than I did about a year ago. So I had my, uh, I have a couple people who, who really helped me with a lot of the searches. I'd look, here's what I'm looking for. I do it myself, and then, and then they find stuff like in five minutes on the computer that it takes me an hour to find. I don't, I don't understand how that works. I don't understand how search engines like certain people better than they do me. <laughs> but it just works that way. It really ticks me off. But I did it anyway. So I, what I was looking for was just the main causes of stress. And, um, and I found some stuff, but they, they found me just basically five, top five causes of stress. And this, there was, they sent me several things, but this comes from one particular study, a study out of the University of Washington. And I chose that one, and I'll show you why in a minute. But most of these, you know, main causes of stress, number one, finances. Um, obviously, that's true today, probably, at least in our area, um, more than any place else. I don't know that it's just this area, but, but that's where we live. Um, work is number two, goes right along with that. Close third, and these are all mixed up depending on who you read, uh, uh, your family, your, your, your marriage, and, and family and personal. I lumped them together, family and personal relationships, because those can be things that keep us up late at night sometimes and, and really, uh, really concern us and, and in some cases burden us down greatly. Um, and then uh, personal and health safety. It was, was in the top five with, with all of them in this particular one. And the last thing, of course, was death and, and how you, you, you do think more and more about that, particularly for some of you, if you, haven't, if you haven't pushed past a certain age, and that's different for different folks, um, it may not be an issue. But trust me, it will become one um, if it hasn't yet. Um, it'll, be a, it'll be one of those things that you have to deal with and think about. Now, let me tell you about this study. The reason I chose this particular study, there, a lot of them say the same thing in terms of those five priorities. Some people add in moving. Isn't that amazing? Some, people, some, some of the studies added in moving, uh, relocating as being one of the chief causes of stress. And, and uh, I don't know, I've, some of us have moved a few times, and, and I, I, would, I would say, oh, there's nothing to it. But it's been seven years, so I've forgotten a lot. So uh, I know that it's, uh, it can be a real cause of stress. But in this particular study... In 1967, I remember the year very well as a junior in high school, uh, Thomas H. Holmes and Richard Rail from the University of Washington did a study on the connection between significant life events and illness. Okay? Now, part of that study, they compiled a chart of the major causes of stress. This is what I found fascinating. Compiled this char- chart, major causes of stress. That chart contained 43 causes of stress in 1967. 43, right? Now, it was updated to 55 causes in 2006. Apparently, society is finding more causes and more ways to feel stressed. I don't know what it is in 2009. Probably off the charts. But isn't it interesting? As life gets, quote-unquote, easier and more convenient, that with that brings stress and more stress. I mean, you think about that. I mean, I freaking stress out if I don't get a Wi-Fi connection. I'm like, what's wrong here? Who are these idiots? What are we doing? Living in 1910? What's the deal? We're already planning our next summer vacation for our family, and, um, and we're doing that for a lot of reasons. One, you just, we, we need like a, you know, a big house, or a fairly big house, and so you've got to kind of plan ahead, and everybody, the places we want to go, everybody else wants to go, of course. And, uh, and, and you know what the number one thing on my family? Well, does it have Wi-Fi? Can you believe that? I'm like, that'll... 
certainly isn't me, but that's everybody else in my family. <laughs> if you know me, you know that's just one big lie right there, okay? Um, but it's, 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 we find ways. We, it's certain things that cause us stress. Um, I would add one more. I didn't find this. And again, it's probably my inability is on a search engine, but I will just, this is from my personal experience in talking. I talked to a lot of, I'm privileged, really, privileged to talk to a lot of people about different things. And I would add one last thing that I didn't find on any list, and, and at least not in these words, and that is one of the other big causes of stress is, is this, this pursuit of security. Security. I, and, and whenever I hear that, and it could, be, it, could be, it could be financial security, it could be security in, my, in myself, it could be usually, it, usually when I hear it, it's referred to as in terms of financial security, it's really, it, that's the cause of their stress, and the portfolio's down, I can't look at it because of what's going on, it causes great stress, and that's my security. One of the things I always come back and say whenever I have that discussion with a friend is, don't you mean, don't you mean the illusion of security? Because really, that's what we're talking about here. And if we've learned anything in the last 12 months in this country, and particularly in the Northeast, and with the whole finance crowd and everything, if we've learned anything, we've learned that security is an illusion. And you can think of person after person, and maybe you're one of them, who've, who've had to change things around because they thought they were secure. And that's why the Bible teaches over and over again is that the only place you're ever going to find true security is in a relationship with your Creator, with God Almighty, the only place. And how long will it take us to learn that? I don't know. I'm still working on it, I'll tell you. So that brings us to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 10. My old friend, and I hope he'll be your friend or she, however you want to refer to it. Because, um, I, mean, I mean, it's just kind of weird. I mean, I just feel better. I go back and I read that and, you know, I'm just stressed out over whether it be something as simple as my Wi-Fi connections hurt or, or somebody close to me or in my family is in, is in dire straits or a friend that I've talked to has just got his life in a wreck. I go to this and it, it just helps. I, I, it's almost, I don't want to get ooey-gooey here and misty, you know, I don't want to get all mystical on you here, but it's almost like, it's almost like there's just a, warmth and strength in, in, in reading these, these words. And of course, it is the Bible, and it is inspired. So I don't know why it wouldn't be that way. So let me just read it to you. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to read it to you in two translations. At first, I'm going to do it in New American Standard Bible. Um, not always a translation that I use. I always use it in my personal study, but sometimes, it's, sometimes it doesn't flow very well, but it's very literal. And uh, just, just stay with me on this one, and we'll just, just follow along. Um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats, I love the way he says that, and your vats will overflow with new wine. You don't hear that anymore, do you? So how's that wine vat you've been working on? How's that doing? Huh? You don't hear that, you know? We have wine cellars now. And anyway, um, I should not chide. Um, 
We're talking about trust. We're talking about relying on God. We're talking about trusting God completely, talking about trusting God when things just look ridiculously insane. That's what we're talking about. And that passage just says it all. And I want to make a statement. I said this is the one statement that you're going to hear today that you would have heard back on 9-2808, okay? Because I wrote it down and I wrote it in bold print so I wouldn't forget it. We need to plan. We need to strategize. We need to think through. We need to get good counsel. But at the end of the day, we still have to trust God. Work hard. Think hard. Counsel hard. But you still have to trust God. And, and that's, that's, that's the issue here. And, and, and this, is, this, is a, this is a great truth. I call this another one of those equal opportunity truths. It doesn't matter whether you're worth so many million or billion or trillion. What's the joke now? Don't tell Obama what comes after a trillion. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was totally uncalled for. Totally uncalled for. Strike that from the record. Um, <laughs> withdraw that. Um, you know, or whether you're worth like, you know, $10,000. It doesn't matter what you're worth. At this point in time, you still got to trust God. And you say, some of you who may not have as much as somebody else that you're thinking of, you're thinking, yeah, but old so-and-so, he's got, he's got so much. Let me tell you something. Here's the thing about folks who have a lot. They also have a big train, Okay, and, and I, I've known a lot of those folks. I've been privileged to know a lot of those folks. So don't think, well, he's got it made or she's got it made. They got all this. Listen, I've had those discussions with some of those folks who I thought were bulletproof, and they're not. So I don't care who you are. I don't care what you got or what you ain't got. This truth is true for all of us. We still have to trust God, and we need to understand that. So here we go. Equal opportunity to three things. Very simply, very, 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 very simply put. Trust God completely. I'm going to show you this. We're going to go back to the verses and show you this. Trust God completely. Trust God keeping a perspective on self. And trust God because you'll be glad you did. That's very simple, all right? Trust God completely. Let me just go back through those verses very, very simply. I'm not going to spend a lot of time doing it. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. Some Bibles read the bottom of your heart. Don't lean, on your under, don't, don't lean on your own understanding. What does it mean to lean on your own understanding? We worry. We fuss. We stay up all night getting all you know, out of joint about things. Sometimes things that never happened. You know? And, 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 and then we try to, you know, well, then we try to start doing some other kinds of things, maybe spinning things or trying to make things, you know, appear as though they're not and not deal with reality. So, and, and what are you saying? Trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He'll make your path straight. Don't be, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. Honor the Lord from your wealth and the first of all your produce. Here's the issue. Let me quote a book, a passage from a book. We, did, we read this book about a year ago here on our Thursday group. We do Bible study on one Thursday night. We kind of alternate them. And on another night, we do literary stuff. And we had, we had just read, several of us had just read The Shack which was a New York Times bestseller list, still is, I think. And in matter of fact, you, if, you, if you do what I do, which I like to do, I like to get books on my, on my iPhone or, or the much less desired BlackBerry, and, and I, like to get, I like to get those and put them on my iPhone, and then I, when I'm working out, I like to listen to books. 
And uh, you can get the Shack at iTunes for like, I think it's like five bucks or something. It's well worth it. But um, this, this book, and it's a very controversial book, I realize, and I want to make sure I say that and make sure I put the disclaimers on it because some people, some people who have, uh, who have our or similar beliefs to we are in church like this. Some, some just, you know, say it's a terrible book and it's, you know, heresy or whatever. It's not a doctrine book. It's a, it's a novel, for goodness sakes. Okay? It's a novel. Do you know what novel means? Okay? This is, this is the discussion. And, it, and, and, and everything in it is not exactly theologically accurate. Okay? I understand that. But some of the things, and this is what I'm going to quote to you right now. One of the things that I so appreciated was how it demonstrated and illustrated how much God loves us. And, 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 and this is part of the issue here. And I want you to see this because this is, this is huge. And, and in, in the book, The Shack, the person who is personified as God, novel, okay? The person who is personified as God, and I'm not going to tell you who that is, um, says this, Trust is the fruit of a relationship in which you can know you are loved. Because you do not know that I love you, you cannot trust me. That's God talking. Because you do not know that I love you, you cannot trust me. Now, that really hit, hit hard with me because one of the things we need to stop and understand is, yes, Jesus came and lived and he suffered and he died. And he did that because of my sins and I need forgiveness. He did that for my forgiveness. And when I, when I, becoming a Christian is, or, or follow, a follower of Christ is when I put my trust in him. I say, I believe you did that for me, Lord. He did that for my forgiveness, but he did that out of a love for me. And if I don't understand that love, I can't, it, that affects how much I trust God. I put it, I, these are my words based on the truth that I picked up from that book. Our failure to trust God is often a result of our inability to grasp how much God loves us. If you don't know how much you are loved, it makes trust that much harder. And I want you to think about that a moment. If you don't know how much you are loved, it makes trust that much harder. That's true in human relationships, in a husband-wife relationship. If you, if you don't know how much your, your mate loves you, you may have a few trust issues. That's minimizing. You may have some serious trust issues. And therefore, what you may, might need to explore is how much do they love me because if I understand that, then I can trust deeper. Same is true with parents. Some of you got all whacked out because, you, because for whatever reasons you didn't, either your parents didn't love you or they had a, a, a ridiculous way of showing it and didn't show that love to you. And somehow you transferred some of that maybe to God. And, and then you know, all of a sudden you can't trust God because there's something in you that holds you back because you really haven't been able to fully understand how much God truly loves you. And I'm challenging you to step beyond whatever you might have experienced or whatever you might have thought and realize God loves you more than... And you, say, you hear me say that almost every Sunday. God, God loves you more than you can poss- possibly fathom. And He does. He really does. And when you understand that, you can say, I can trust you because you only want what's best for me even though sometimes I may not understand that, and I don't. So, trust God completely. Now, I want to go back and look at a couple of those verses because I want, I want you also to trust God keeping a perspective on self. And, 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 and when I say that, the writer, here's what the writer is getting to. When I'm, we're going to reread a couple of those passages. If you haven't agonized in prayer... 
if you haven't sought others' counsel and had a few sleepless nights on, on some, some of those hard issues of life, then you might be in autopilot relying on the same old, same old way of doing things. And, and that could be trouble because you haven't stopped to step back and just say, wait a minute, am, am, I, am I still on the right path here? God, am I still, am I still yielded to you in my life? And, and all that I'm doing. That's why I believe the writer says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Just quit or stop or don't lean on your own understanding. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from... What he's saying is, sometimes in life, we, we decide we will go on our own. Now, in some cases, that might be okay. A couple days ago, I did this. Maybe you've done this. I was on my way to Upper Montclair Country Club had an important business engagement, and <laughs> it did, and it was ministry-related, and um, client-type golf, you know what I mean? And um, that might be a bit of a stretch, but yeah, that'll work. Anyway, I had my GPS set. I've been, to, I've been to Upper Montclair a couple times, and it's, you know, it's over there just off the Garden State. It's just always a mess of stuff over there, just, just a mess. And um, um, so I had my GPS set, and it said, turn here. I knew that wasn't where I was supposed to turn. I overruled the GPS. I love doing that anyway. I overruled the GPS because I know better. And as it turned out, I was right this time. Okay? Sometimes we do that in life because of wisdom, because of local knowledge, because of experience, what we've been through. And that's terrific. But here's the area. Here's the contrast that I want you to see. Sometimes we do that when we're talking about the things of God, whether it be, oh, I'm not going to tell the total truth here because, it, you know, and, and that's when we say, wait a minute, wait a minute, that, that, that's, that's wrong. Because there are some things where I, I have to always do what is right before God. I can't overrule God because of the, of the, of the commands that he, there aren't a lot, but there are some. And we need to stop and understand. So keep a perspective on self. I'm flawed. And, and God gives me some pretty clear directions in the Scripture. And I need to follow them. And there are, we can try to justify anything we want to do, and we can, we can do that with any, system of ration, any number of a system of rationalizations, but that's not going to, be, it's not going to end, end well for us. So we trust God, keeping a perspective on myself that I'm... Don't be wise in your own eyes. Go back to God's instructions and wisdom for us. That's why Proverbs 3 is such a... Just a trusted old friend. Last thing, trust God, you'll be glad you did. And let me show you, keep in mind, this is, these are the consequences. This is important. Go back to verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll make your path straight. Now you skip down to verse 9. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I love that. All he's saying there, please don't misunderstand, you will be blessed. In that time and in that culture, the way they were blessed, obviously, was with food and, and with you know, some good wine. because You didn't drink wa- the water, for goodness sakes. Um, the, 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 the thing here, he says, honor the, what he's saying is honor God from your wealth. Now, that could mean a lot of things. If you give, your, if you give a kid, let's for assume whether you have kids or not, let's assume you have kids, and, and you give your kids you know, 10 bucks or 20 bucks, and they say, how do you want me to spend it, Dad or Mom? You honor me with how you spend that. That's different than just saying, you know, whatever. I've, had the, some, so I've heard some 
discussions, not very positive discussions from, from, from parents who've done well and who've left kids trust funds. And I've, I've, I've been at the other end of that conversation. I can't believe how they spent my money. I can't believe that. They weren't honored by how their children, adult children, were spending what they had left them, okay, in a trust fund type of thing. See, and that could be a number of ways. That could be from from the way we think of in terms of, you know, drinking and, and, and you, know, you know, just being drunk all the time and going to houses of ill repute or whatever. Or it could be just making a whole bunch of bad investments. So, so that, that, there's a lot of rule for interpretation there. The point that God is making, honor me with what you got. There's a lot of ways you can do that, but honor God with what you, with what you have. And he's going to bless you. Be careful how you interpret that. This is not teaching, well, if I, if I honor God with what I have, that means I'm going to get more stuff. He says you'll have more blessing. Only we in America in the 20th and 21st century have, have defined blessing as, as, as stuff. It's uh, defined much broader than that throughout history. He's just saying, trust God. You'll be glad you did. I want to read, for closing, I want to, I want to read through this as we close, just one more time, but I want to do it in a different paraphrase translation, the message. It's like, it's like I began. I hope there's some things you take away from this today, but I hope one of the number one things you take away from this, you got a friend. I know it's a song, but you got a friend. And it's, 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 it, it, certainly it's, it's God, and it's a relationship with God through Christ, but he gives us he gives us something to read, something we get our eyes on and get tangible that we can go to and find great comfort, even if only for a while because I'm so fallen, I, it takes me to, I have to memorize it. You know, so I have to keep telling myself this. But here's what it is, Proverbs chapter 3. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will give you, keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Honor God with everything you own. Give Him the first and the best. Your barns will burst and your wine vats, he translates it the same way, your, your wine vats will brim over. Trust God. You'll be really glad you did. Let's pray. Lord, our Father, we, I continue to be blown away by the wisdom of Scripture, the inspiration that, that you give it there for us to be encouraged, for us to find comfort during times when we, which are comfortless in so many other ways. And I pray, God, that we would, we would have the depth of faith which can only come from you, to be able to trust you in a deeper way, be able to trust God and not lean on our own understanding. We thank you for that, and we thank you for your love and grace and forgiveness through Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.